Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Latino Card on Radio Boise KRBX 89.9 FM Caldwell, Boise. I'm Rebecca De Leon. And I'm JJ Saldana. And we are here today with a special guest. Hey, for, for a change, we never have special guests, but today we have a special guest. All our guest. guests are special, but she's really special. <laughs> <laughs> here we have the incomparable Jen Martinez. Uh, this is the second time that you've been on our show, Jen. So welcome yeah. times two. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here today. Yeah, we're so, super stoked to have so we you. We have some really interesting questions for you today regarding what happened at the Capitol last week. The um, governor had announced a special session. Mm -hmm. And so we're like, let's ask Jennifer what her <laughs> thoughts on it. Because when it comes to politics and even running for office, all that, you know, you're our go-to here at the Latino card. So we're like, let's have Jennifer come in and answer some questions. Yeah. It's true. It's a true story. And the, and the first time that we had you on, we just talked about how good you are. And the, um, the episode was titled "The Brown Leslie Nope," um, because that <laughs> I forgot, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah, what we decided. We the same, just part two. Part two. All yeah, right, I'm down. Two. I'm so with it. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us uh, just briefly, though, a little bit about your background, um, Jen, and why we love talking politics with you so much. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you enjoy talking politics with me. <laughs> I, I really enjoy talking about it. I just never know if people have that same, you know. <laughs> Uh, Here fanaticism always. for it. So, um, but my name is Jen Martinez. I am a first generation Idahoan, grew up in the southern part of the state in Wendell. I live here in Boise now. Boise's been home for the last almost nine years already, which just feels wild that I've been back in Idaho for that long. Um, and politics is my life, I guess. I've been infatuated with it as long as I can remember and have been active since I was 18 in a variety of different capacities from working on campaigns, managing campaigns, being a candidate, working on the party. I should uh, emphasize that. that it's everything from local to national. You've been yeah. involved from, you know, with the presidential campaign all the way down. So yeah. it's, that's impressive. Which I enjoy. Like every level is important. So yeah, <laughs> might as true. well get involved at every level. So yeah, I just enjoy talking about it and whatever I can do to be a guide for other folks to help understand, process, and get involved as well, make it as accessible as possible, especially for, for the Latinx community here in Idaho. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's why we like you so much. Um, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why we like you so much. Uh, but we have. Wh so what are you doing now? How are you involved now? Uh, well, right now I'm just like freelance consulting nice. and just supporting um, various candidates. You're going to hear about a couple that are announcing in the next day or two. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Um, and the way that I've been active with like the special session stuff was, um, throughout the words, I'm heavily involved with like their political strategy side of everything and legislative strategy. So that's the hat I was wearing while I was. And if you want to know more about add the words, check gotcha. out our previous episodes. We had Chelsea on here yeah. talking about add the words. And so she was really informative there. So, um, for those listening right now, go, you can also check out one about add the words. Awesome. I forgot that she had been on here too. Yeah. yeah. We got all we got all the cool. We got all the cool Latinx folks on here. <laughs> yes. That's right. We get, Glad I'm a cool one. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, a cool one times too. We'll send you a patch so you can put it on your jacket. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'll wear it probably. Oh, that is so nerdy. I love it. 
Um, okay, so you were you were involved, um, at least involved in the sense that you were um, very in tune with the special session. And we specifically kind of wanted you on to talk about what happened because uh, we were following you and everything that you were posting on social media um, about it. And we were like, this girl has got some hot takes. Um, we need to we need to have her yeah, on the show. I, I read an article, a newspaper article with, where they were quoting you. So I was like, yeah, that, this would be great to have you her on. And oh, man, I don't even remember that. Oh, no. It's all been a blur for for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, and so it seems like, all right, so out of the special session, um, it seems like a lot of rules were broken. Uh, a lot of things Glass happened. Glass was broken. Yes. A lot of things were broken. <laughs> Uh, and then we came out of it with three bills that were all signed into law. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it seems like uh, those bills have some maybe good and bad parts to them. Um, but let's, let, what is your, like, if you were to sum up the special session in just like a general phrase, how, how would you describe what just happened here in I Idaho? I think I would describe it as a circus. Um, I love it. Even more than it usually is, right? I would say this was <laughs> yes. a very ridiculous type of circus. It was like um, a reality show, right? Almost. Like I, I feel like a lot of people across the country, considering how much national media we get for the wrong things, would really enjoy watching like a live stream from the mm-hmm. legislature, considering <laughs> everything that happened last week. So if they want to find a way to make revenue, maybe they should look <laughs> into that. <laughs> so um, can you explain to our listeners, then, like, why was this spe- special session even happening yeah so the special session was called by the governor because some of the working committees that meet um in between the legislative sessions that happen every like january through march um had recommendations that they wanted the governor to take up through a special session um specifically dealing with how elections were going to be handled because of the COVID-19 pandemic that we're in. Um, and then they were also pushing forward a lot of bills around providing limited immunity for specific um, like persons, um, which are like companies, schools, religious institutions, and a variety of other um, entities that fall within their definition of a person, um, f- protecting them in case someone were to contract the COVID-19 virus through some regular activity and preventing that person from seeking some sort of legal recourse if there were like dire consequences Mm. because of that exposure, right? Um, Which means a lot of different things. And I can dive into that in a little bit. But that's Mm -hmm. why the special session was essentially called. Um, The governor didn't have to, but we all know that the governor has been under a lot of pressure um, from both sides, both factions of his party that are kind of battling it out right now. So I think that that he had a lot of political pressure to to call the special session. That's interesting you say that both sides, and when you say both sides, you're talking about both sides of one party, correct? Yeah, both sides of one party, correct, yeah. The Republicans <laughs> have a lot of uh, fun stuff happening internally. A lot of division um, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of division. It's very they're, interesting. They're the reality observe. show right now. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Since they run everything, they are definitely in control of that reality aspect. Interesting. Okay, so he, he calls the special session, mm-hmm. and... Um, it's three days long. Yeah. And in those three days, the legislature was supposed to accomplish what exactly? Well, they were supposed to accomplish the things that I just kind of just mentioned. Um, however, <laughs> day one didn't go exactly <laughs> as planned. I don't think anyone there anticipated being there for three days. I think they were really trying to keep it down to one, maybe two at the most. Um, and what we saw happen on the first day was Ammon Bundy, which we all know, um, mm-hmm. and some love and some don't, right? Um, they 
him and his kind of uh, supporters and followers stormed the state house, essentially. Um, they came in when the house was convening for the first time um, and starting a special session on Monday. And they were being held back at the gallery. So on the fourth floor of the house side, um, where, where the public can come and observe, they were being held at the entrance to that because they were trying to maintain social distancing procedures in the gallery. Because if you've ever sat in the gallery, the seats are super incredibly tiny. close and very tiny, right? So they were trying to maintain that. And they also, so they were like holding folks back, right? And there were folks carrying um, flags. There were folks carrying uh, banners and stuff, signs, which are not allowed, Right to be and people, some people had guns, right? Uh, yeah, some folks okay. were carrying open carrying, right, which is allowed in the state now, but it's def- definitely not something that you typically see in in the legislature like that boldly happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, because the uh, ISP troopers were holding them back, they started to push back. And there's video circulating if you've seen it or not. Um, you can look it up on Twitter. Um, they are pushing the troopers, you know, and they are just demanding to get in and you can just see them visibly, forcibly, violently pushing against the doors and the glass shattered. Um, and then they were let in and the speaker let them in. Like the speaker didn't really do anything to stop that type of behavior from continuing on. So, and And there was no arrest for the broken stuff because yeah, no arrest was made for the broken door (laughs) the broken glass the shattered glass no arrests were made for violating rules or anything like that which you know we we definitely typically don't ever want arrests to happen but when something like that is taking place and it's violating protocol and decorum and the rules um especially when there's actual property damage to not see an arrest happen is a incredible double standard considering what happened with add the words right yeah so add the words folks uh, were peacefully protesting and we're just standing in front of the doors, like peacefully in a single line standing. And because they did not move, which by the way, the chambers have multiple entryways, mm-hmm. like there's just not one right. gateway to get in. Um, they were arrested and charged. Um, they even brought a bus into like, yeah, hold to take in. everyone. Yeah. And that happened at least two years in a row where um, folks got arrested. And I don't know if y'all read the article with Speaker Bedke, but he said that these are apple to oranges comparisons. And I'm like, yeah, they are because one group caused property damage and one group didn't. Right. That's right. So you're in, you're allowing a double standard to be in place for how the rules are implemented. And just because you're in power and you happen to have a lot of these folks who support you doesn't mean that you should treat them differently. Like that's not that's not fair. And it's up to him to decide if the rules get enforced or if they were to pursue arrest being made. So it's unfortunate to see that coming yeah. from the speaker. Yeah, it's definitely... Um it's definitely very clear, I think, that there is a bias um, or maybe they're more afraid or they're more moved by one one group over the other. Um, but we're, we're going to take a short break and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the other stuff that happened at the special session because we ain't even got started yet. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to today's episode of The Latino Card. I'm Rebecca De Leon. And I'm JJ Saldana. And we are here talking to Jennifer Martinez, and she is um, breaking down... Uh, <laughs> interesting choice of words. She's breaking down what just happened at the State House um, during the special session because um, there was glass broken and there were rules broken. Um, okay, so the, the first day was um, crazy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a bit all over the place. Um, well, I think all three days were really... All three days, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was just the gallery. I mean, yeah. in committee, the same thing was happening. 
um, with mm-hmm. protests and chanting where they had to move them to bigger rooms with no social di- there was not a mask well and there was legislators who left because no. there was people not wearing masks yeah. and for their own safety they had to leave yeah representative Melissa Wintrow you know was very kind in her statement that she made um, and was naming why she was leaving the committee and got booed <laughs> well, and I can see why she left, honestly, because it made me nervous when I saw the pictures of what she was surrounded by. Yeah. It made me nervous. Like, I was like, whoa, that's way too many people in that in those close quarters. I can understand why totally. she did it. Yeah. And the people demanding to get in and, and the people causing all of this, what were they hoping to accomplish? I mean, I think they wanted their voices to be heard. Um, but there's you don't get special treatment. Right. Um, everyone has to follow the same process the same rules and you know there were a lot of folks who when they were in committee were yelling out like I'm a mom and it's like I'm so glad you're a mom and I'm so glad that you're here exercising (laughs) your first amendment right to free speech um but we can't change the rules because of that um and I mean they they still got print hearings and they still got to testify and if you've ever been in a committee hearing where the majority party is not supporting the bill or proposed bill, like you're lucky if you get a print hearing, you're lucky if you get three minutes to testify, you're lucky if they give you multiple days to have everyone testify. So the fact that they got some of this stuff is already above and beyond what groups like Add the Words or, Mm -hmm. you know, groups that fight for immigrant rights or groups that fight for um, various other oppressed groups in the state get when they go into the state house following every single rule perfectly because we know what's at stake if we don't. So can you tell us what was passed and how it's really going to affect our community, specifically the Latinx communities? Yeah, I have notes. Oh, Um, gosh, you came prepared. I came prepared. (laughs) Always, always. (laughs) Um, So there were um, six total bills that were introduced regarding the immunity, um, limited immunity piece of legislation. And the one that they ended up passing was House Bill 6, which was like a compromise introduced by I believe it was Representative Julianne Young um, who was introducing that piece of legislation. And this is the piece of uh, the bill that um, essentially prevents, I'm going to list off like the who it's protecting, right? It's protecting individuals, corporations, limited liability companies, partnerships, trusts, associations, church or religious organizations, which was added into this version of the bill. This did not exist until until this bill. Um, city, county, school district, college, university, or other institutions of higher education or other unit of local government, but does not include public health districts, the federal government, or its agencies, the state of Idaho, um, or any of its agencies except for the colleges and institutions of higher education, um, nor foreign government or institution. So essentially what this bill says is if in your regular activities someone gets coronavirus, right, like let's say a student Mm-hmm. at school gets coronavirus or a teacher at school gets coronavirus they have no legal recourse at that point if they happen to get really sick um and or maybe there's a death or maybe there's extreme level of medical bills um there's no legal recourse for them to you know potentially sue the school district or to sue um whoever might have caused that exposure um because they t- they've taken that away um and there are already um things in code and in statute that define what negligence looks like or what precautions need to be in place in order for, you know, lawsuits to even happen. So this is taking it a little bit further. And we know that who's at stake, like I'm thinking of schools specifically, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. We don't have a mandate for online only. And so the students who are most likely going to school 
are students who have parents who work, um, you know, which tends to be communities of color, right? They can't, don't have a parent who can stay at home with them. Or, or low maybe, income. Or low income. They don't have um, access to internet, which is like a rural issue, right? We don't have high-speed access across no, the entire state. I, I'm just through my job, I'm hearing a lot of parents saying we don't have internet or mm-hmm. we have so many kids, you know, that we don't have enough da- a big enough data plan to do exactly, this. Exactly, right? So like they just can't access that or they don't have a laptop. Even if they could get internet access, they don't have the technology. Um, and so the students most likely going to school are already students from historically marginalized or oppressed communities. And now they're being more at, more at stake with this protection, not for them, um, but for the companies and Um, you know, the agencies. And so if they were to get sick, there's nothing that they can do, right? And it just sets a dangerous precedent, I think. And we know what's going to happen. So we're just, we were not in support of this. A lot of organizations were not in support of this. Um, And we just, we're, it's just a horrible bill, right? Um, Also, it's a double, like, it's a hypocrisy. Like, a lot of the folks who voted for it don't even believe COVID-19 exists. They don't wear masks, you know, they think that this is a a conspiracy theory. So if you really don't believe in this, then why would you pass something to prevent lawsuits from happening? Also, when there are no lawsuits happening, like it's a preventative measure to protect certain people. And it's hypocritical to the stance you've had since March when you refused to leave session early because of the pandemic that was breaking out here in Idaho. They refu- but And going back to that, they refused to leave and correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. they wanted to vote on an anti-trans mm-hmm. bill. Yep, which we're wasting taxpayer money on. And it's already been challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the the gender marker bill um, has already been proven that they were violating the first court case. Right. Um, and the there's been, um, I'm trying to remember the, the the sports one. Yeah, they're also like not, yes. they're not winning that right now. So yeah. that taxpayer money could be put towards laptops for students you know, so Governor Little doesn't have to ask Hot for them spot. on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that bill. Um, the other bill that they passed is Senate Bill 1001A. Um, so the A just means it's an amended version of the original bill. And this is a bill that is trying to give county clerks more time to process absentee ballots that are mailed in. Um However, what it does do also on top of that is it cuts down the time to request an absentee ballot. So before this bill, you could request an absentee ballot up to 11 days prior to the election, which I believe was like October 23rd. I might have that date wrong, so don't quote me on that. But um, October 23rd, and this bill moves that date up by 19 days. So it's 30 days before the election. So it's like October Gosh, I had it written down. I didn't put it in my notes, but I think it was um, October 4th. Ooh, um, so it's which a big difference. It's a huge difference. So now if you forget because you're a busy parent with students in school or you're like an essential worker and you just forget to request your ballot on time to vote at home, you miss that opportunity. And now you have to try to go vote on Election Day where we don't know what the safety precautions are necessarily going to be right now across the state for that. Um, and potentially exposing yourself to COVID-19, potentially waiting in long lines. We don't know what that's going to look like yet. And so they've cut that time down, which... Why would they want that time cut down? I, th- I, I believe what I'm understanding is because they want to allow that time for the absentee ballots to be processed but not counted, right? So that time to open ballots, that okay. time to run them through the scanner but not hit the tabulate button until Election Day closes. 
Um, and also with everything going on with the USPS nationally, like delayed mail times, that makes sense. But I wish they would have tried to find alternative ways for people to still have um, the same level of access to voting um, or figuring out ways to ensure that there's going to be safe voting on Election Day, that they're providing resources in terms of uh, money to pay for masks, to pay for sanitizers, to ensure that there are um, there's spacing, you know, lined out um, and all of that good stuff. So that's that bill. So we like we get it. And also, like, you could have added some other pieces to this to try to keep voting yeah. as accessible as possible. This is, I think, will be my first year not voting in person. I love going in to vote. I just yeah. there's something when they say your name. Yeah, and there's just something <laughs> so like, I don't know, nostalgic and traditional about it that I love that part. But this year, I just I just can't put myself to go. Yeah, right. And especially if you have like a health condition or or something like you're just putting yourself at risk, right? And so that bill also managed to pass through. And then they passed um, Senate Resolution 101, which was only on the Senate side. Um, it is a piece of legis- it's It's a resolution, basically a statement from the Senate to the governor saying like, because of all of these reasons, we're not supporting the House concurrent resolution that they had, um, which would have been a statement to the governor to end the emergency declaration. So the House is trying to say, like, you got to end this declaration. Like, it's unconstitutional. You're overstepping your powers. The House passed it. And once they got to the Senate side, they were like, yeah, "Yeah, like, what you're trying to do is actually unconstitutional. The governor is within his purview to do this, but we also don't agree with it. So we are actually making a statement of everything that we are going to try to um, address during the next legislative session. So it didn't go through? or Uh, they They passed the Senate resolution, which said House... You need to get your house in order because what you're doing is unconstitutional. But we agree that we need to review the governor's powers and we need to review what's happening with health districts. And so they made a statement that said that they're going to consider these things for the next legislative session. So they want to um, they want to make a declaration that all Idahoans who work provide for families and pay taxes are essential workers. Right. So that whole essential workers conversation where some folks had to work from home or couldn't like they closed down businesses they're like, no, everyone's an essential worker, um, which would not have allowed the, the that initial dip that we saw in COVID cases to happen. Mm-hmm. They want to make an amendment to the Constitution that the legislature can call itself back into session so they don't have to wait Ooh, for the governor to call a special session. Yes. Uh, a limitation on the length of the emergency declaration of the governor. Um and I uh, taking away the um, or limiting public health districts power mm-hmm. was also in there. Totally. Um, so that's alarming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep breath. Uh, yes. We're going to come back in a second. And then I would actually like to take a step back um, and see how this special session fits into the larger picture of this year's election and next year's um, non-special session. Mm-hmm. So we'll be right back. All right, and welcome back to today's episode of The Latino Card with Rebecca De Leon. And JJ Saldana. And Jen Martinez, who um, just broke down um, what happened during this legislative session for us. And it's been a doozy. Uh, and so, Jen, before we, we sign off for today, um, you know, you're one of the things that you're so, so good at is... Um, Being a political Jedi. <laughs> you, <laughs> I you like can, Jedi. You can look into the political future. It's incredible. Um, so if you could do a little bit about of that for us today in your political um, glass crystal ball, I believe it's called. Um, what does this special session mean? Like what just happened 
what does that mean for the election that's coming up? And what does that mean for um, the regular session that's going to happen at the beginning of 2021? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll start with what I think immediately this kind of means. I think this means that we have to be really on our toes about any potential voter suppression that might happen, especially um, for our community, right, the Latino community here in Idaho and other marginalized communities, because we we already have less access to voting as it is. Um, and so shortening timeframes, making it changing rules at the last minute, it just makes it more complicated. Um, and so I think we really have to be aware of that. And I don't know if you saw that there was a joint press conference from the Idaho Republican and Idaho Democratic this morning Party or this earlier morning. today. Yeah, um, talking about recruiting poll workers. Um, so we need to make sure we're recruiting poll workers from our community, right? We need our gente mm-hmm. there too so that they can help um, provide support so that we see friendly faces as we're going in um, and so that to ensure that there's like no intimidation happening. Um, we know that it happens if you're a person of color who walks in, like there's just a different way that you get treated right. often. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we have to be aware of that immediately and just knowing that we're not going to see the impacts of the immunity bill right away. I think that'll take many months for us to see really the consequence of them passing that piece of legislation. Um, but for the next legislative session, I just, I <laughs> I am, honestly, I'm scared. I'm scared for mm-hmm. what they're going to do. I, I'm scared for the overreach that's going to happen. The fact that they're trying to limit what health districts can and cannot do um, is literally government overreach. And mm-hmm. I just cannot imagine a group of legislators who are most are not trained in health or medicine or anything like that having more say than a health district locally who's paying attention to their local experts and trying to make the best decision for their communities. Um, And so that's concerning to me. Um, It's concerning to see, um, you know, redistricting is going to be coming up and that's going to be a huge factor, you know, seeing how elections go this November and then seeing a redistricting committee come through, that's going to have impact for the next 10 years. And if we have a, a special session the way it went now, um, and a regular session with the same types of folks showing up, but we aren't showing up like like we need to figure that piece out, too. Right. Um, obviously, don't show up if it's not safe, if we don't have this pandemic under control. But we've got to figure out a way to make our voices still heard, even um, through phone calls, emails and all of that good stuff, because they're, they're listening to the most vocal va- voices, even if it's a small group of people. And I feel like we need to be just as loud or even louder to ensure that um our, our rights um, don't continue to be eroded or that our health continues to be put um, behind the well-being of corporations and individual folks, um, you know, who may or may not be donors. I, it will be mm-hmm. interesting to look at Sunshine Reports for all of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I'm concerned with for sure for next, next session. Yes. Well, I share your concerns and uh, a lot of people who have advocated for like you mentioned, uh, the LGBTQ community, the immigrant community, um, we're all very much scared because the this has been an indicator of the wrong direction mm-hmm. for sure. And it takes a very very strong person to do to work, you know, during legislative session. I've seen so many strong people just come back after the session, just I mean, completely just exhausted from it. Like mm-hmm. it's in it to work during legislative session. I give props to everybody that is able to do that because that is an exhausting job, but I'm glad that they're doing it because we need people, more people like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you. No, you're welcome. <laughs> and just a, a, an invitation for folks who would like to get involved. You know, we could always use more, more support and more voices. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time with us today. Um, 
I feel like I was already following the special session, but I still feel like I learned something because you're incredible. Um, thank you so much for for always your professionalism and for um, being such a powerful voice. And if y'all want to follow Jen, she's very active on Twitter and I believe Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to drop your handles? Yeah, I was like, let me remember my Instagram one. My Twitter one for sure is at Jen, J-E-N-N, because -N, it's before I cut off the end. So J-E-N-N-C <laughs> Martinez. And then my Instagram is Jen. J-E-N underscore C underscore Martinez. All right. Yes, definitely follow Jen. She is a very powerful voice um, and she puts everything into incredible perspective as she did today. You can also follow the Latino card. Um, we're kind of only active on Twitter. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's fine. Um, we're not follow, here. <laughs> yeah, well, you can follow the Latino card. And uh, with that, we will see you all next time. Hasta luego. Bye-bye.